to the Canada's History Podcast. This is a special educator series where we speak with the finalists for the 2018 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history. It's an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to research, interpret, and share the stories of the past. My name is Brooke Campbell, and today I'm speaking with Michael DeLuccio, a high school history teacher at Markville Secondary School in Markham, Ontario. Through a competitive and collaborative assignment titled Rock Your Decade, his grade 10 students critically examine post-war Canadian history. Students are assigned a specific decade, and through a series of assignments and presentations, they must advocate for that decade and challenge specific historical events and decisions made by the federal government in other decades. Thanks for speaking with us today, Michael, and congratulations on being a finalist for this year's Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, before we jump into talking about your project, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your school and the students that you teach? Sure, yeah. Um, as you mentioned, and I've been teaching for... I've been, I started teaching at Marshall Secondary at uh, fall of 2011 and then taught for, so still in my first decade. Um, and the school that I teach at is just northeast of Toronto. And it's uh, not old school, not a new school, um, very, very rapidly growing uh, neighborhood. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very competitive school environment. So that way, um, it's pretty diverse. And it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a school that has a very, very large um, gifted program. This project itself is for the academic history uh, course, grade 10 history. And obviously that grade level, they're a lot of fun, right? They're, they're competitive, but they're not, you know, they're not in grade 11, 12 yet where they're necessarily worrying so much about, you know, university, but they still have that kind of fun, um, kind of fun and flexible drive to them. Um, and yeah, they're just fun. Best way to put it. So what really inspired you to create this project? Was it that fun nature of your students? Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of organic, right? It's a mix of that and my colleagues. Uh, my department's amazing. So, you know, I work with people who are at very different points in their career. And, you know, for example, one colleague is three years from retirement and he's always revamping his program. He teaches economics and history. Um, and, you know, when you work with people like that, you just, there's no reason not to always want to make things better and ask those critical questions. Um, even when we have department meetings, we sit around and talk about, okay, how, how was that lesson for you? You know, rather than whatever else is going on in the news or anything like that. It's, it's, it's always about kind of building and making it better. So they're a huge inspiration. And then the kids are just, I, I don't know how to explain it. They're just fun. It's just a really, really, really good, I don't know, just a great school. And I guess that combination of things, you know, leads to constructive conversations about rebuilding, not just lessons, but units. Um, so you know, this unit in particular, like this project is really itself a full unit revolved around a question that had come up once, which is, you know, why is it that in grade 10 history, we don't usually get very far. Um, oftentimes people finish their semester around, you know, the, the beginning of the Cold War. And I remember going to a workshop once in May, it was, yeah, like mid-May earlier on in my career. And everyone was talking about, yeah, we're not even nearly where we want to be yet. And I thought, yeah, me too. And so the question behind the assignment, which you know came up in a departmental discussion, is how can we get further realistically within the parameters of a semester? And that's kind of the, the birth of the project. Great. So why don't you actually describe what the project is then and the various components of the Rock Your Decade assignment? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll try to keep it short. There's a lot to it. But um, it's, it's nuanced, but it's also quite simple. Um, <clears throat> okay. So in an average academic class, we have, say, about 28, 29 students. 
Um, and what we do is divide them into groups as evenly as possible, and each group is a decade. So there's a 50s group, 60s group, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, and in the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, these are your groups. We're going to just be, you know, doing some activities together. It's not really very serious yet. And they don't, and there's a reason for this. Um, and then we start kind of building in some little competitions. So, um, for example, you know, two or three days into the unit, there'll be uh, trivia before a lesson, a trivia on say cars from different decades, music from different decades, prime ministers from different decades, and the points start to accumulate. So very gradually, you start to get a bit of competition between the groups, you know, like this last semester, the nineties group was far ahead for most of the, the unit. And then, you know, near the tail end of it, the eighties passed them. Um, so you start to get some kind of competitive um, energy going on. And then they obviously have some work to do. And their first task is to uh, choose a topic from their decades. So say so the fifties group will have a range of topics and students from that group will choose. So for example, um, the baby boom in Canada or Canada's role in the Korean war, the Massey commission, and each student chooses one topic and creates an infographic uh, with that topic. So usually they use PictoChart, which is a free online program. It's good. It's very, very easy to kind of read and follow. Um, there's a lot of tools available. And if students ha- you know, know how to do it another way, they can do it another way too. And just practice activities in class and all that. So students create an infographic on one specific topic, and then they submit it to me, and I give them feedback so it's not marked yet, and then they have some time to refine it. So while all that's happening, there's more lessons, more trivia, getting a little bit more competitive. And then um, at the end of the unit, what students have to do is in their decade group, each student presents their infographic in its final form to be marked, which is part of um, it's actually built in as part of the competition because the other students have to pay extremely close attention because the presenting group has made a trivia at the end. So again, that kind of competition that's been going on, the points accumulating also factor in which students present. And the reason for that is usually, well, often anyway, when students uh, present, there isn't much of an incentive for the students in the audience to listen. So if a student is presenting an infographic, say it's on the Massey Commission, well, how do you get you know the other 22 students to pay attention? Well, there's a trivia at the end and it's going to accumulate. The points keep going. There's a spreadsheet, right? It keeps adding on. And so um, they do that, then there's trivia, and then they do a little presentation on why their decade was was awesome and fun. And this is just kind of like the fun component. At, well, it's all fun, but this is the the kind of, uh, you know, the pop culture, fashion, all that. Points are granted for that. And then we get to my favorite part, which is the ugly attacks, the final uh, component of the presentation. And so... Um, Actually, just for context, when each group presents, it's a full period. So the first part is presenting infographics and trivia. Then it's why your decade rocked. And then it's ugly attacks, which is the final 20 minutes. And so at this point, all the other decades get to criticize the presenting decade and ask them questions, really critical questions about things that happened and how the federal government responded. So that's kind of the questions revolve around federal government action. So, for example, um, this semester, you know, the 1960s decade presented and then someone from, I think it was the 70s group, got up and said, OK, how can you say your decade rocked when, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau released this, this white paper, knowing full well that it wasn't going to go over very well. And with all this background information, how can you say your decade rocked? And then the presenting group has to respond to it. And there's an order to who launches the attack and who responds also so that everyone gets a chance to do it. Um, and it's a lot of fun because as the students are working towards their own um, decade projects, they also have to dig for dirt on other decades. And really what you end up with is, you know, in a few short weeks, students who become you know, an expert on their one topic, they also know quite a bit about their decade and they also have to look for things, that, you know, in other decades. They're digging for dirt, but also they hear the response to that too. Um, so they cover a huge range of things and yeah, it's just a lot of fun.
yeah, it sounds like a really fun way for them to to take on these different perspectives and really think critically about what happened in, in the past. Oh, yeah. Especially when the when the points are there, too. Right. So when the um, let's just say the I don't know, the 90s are far ahead, the 50s or whatever other group will have a little bit more of an incentive to really put them on the spot for the ugly attacks because they, they start getting, you know, it's like a long running competition. Oh, I bet. I know, I know competition always uh, drove me when I was that age. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What were some of the other topics that the students researched and some of the connections that they really made? Sure. There's a huge range. I mean, they go from the Gazengo affair to MK Ultra to the white paper to the Meech Lake Accord to the sponsorship scandal. Um, often topics come up that aren't even on, aren't even listed. So when the assignment is first given out, um, each group has like the 50s, 60s, 70s, each group has a list of potential topics they can research for their own infographic and to kind of include in their presentation. But when the ugly attacks come in, people find other things. It could be like the tainted blood scandal, the hierarchic relocation. Uh, someone brought up, um, I believe it was Inuit tagging this semester, which had never come up before. And they they really, really, really dig in. So there's a huge range of topics. And also, too, the discussions that come out of it um, revolve around jurisdiction of federal and provincial government. So someone, sometimes um, someone will bring up a topic and say, you know, how can you say your decade rocked when this happened? And then the presenting group will say, yeah, that was a local government or provincial government. That's not what this conversation is supposed to be about. So they really start to look at also the civic aspect of it. So how the different levels of the government operate, because the questions that they ask in the ugly attacks have to be um, pointed at the federal government. So they have to really, really, really dig in for, you know, uh, the topics that specifically look at that. And there's quite literally dozens. Um, They range from, and they're thematic too. So they range from Canada and the Cold War to Canada and First Nations, French-English relations, you know, Canada and the international world, Canada-US relations, so on. So um, just really endless. And every semester, there's a surprise. There's always something that comes up. And I'm like, wow, no one's done that, you know, in the past, you know, four or five years that we've been doing this. So, yeah. So jumping off of that, do you have a favorite moment from this project then? <laughs> oh, there are a lot. Um, yeah, I'll say there's a favorite kind of moment, which is, uh, you know, as as um, I think a lot of great history teachers do, is we teach historical perspective, right? This idea that the past is a foreign country. And at one time, someone was was doing an ugly attack. And I think, yeah, the topic was hierarchic relocation. And it was so well structured. And the student who was supposed to defend that, I I knew she would have been really, really prepared for it. But she wasn't. So this this student um, from another group says, okay, you know, here's what happened. The federal government should have known better. They did this for for selfish reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And the group presenting had no response except historical perspective. And the class basically laughed. They're like, they've taken, you know, an idea that kind of had been taught in a different way and used it as a defense, but they had nothing else to work with. And after that, it was a kind of meme in the class that anytime someone didn't know how to respond to an ugly attack, it became they would just say historical perspective or they'd say the past is a foreign country. So now it's kind of a joke that like that when uh, I introduce the assignment, I tell that story and it's a rule. They can't say historical perspective as a defense during an ugly attack. So to me, that was my favorite moment. That was kind of early on in the project where I didn't realize, oh, they could just do that for anything. Um, but it became kind of a you know funny moment for that group. That's great. And that probably yeah definitely pushes them now if they're not allowed to do that. To, to really uh, to really dig deep and try to come up with with more justifiable uh, defenses. Correct. Yeah. They, well, they have to also look at yeah what the incentives for politicians would have been, and and also too, the role of voters. So they start getting a little bit more nuanced in in their answers for sure. 
Uh, thank you so much, Michael, for, for sharing your project and sharing your advice and answers with us. Um, and congratulations once again on being a finalist for this year's award. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.